Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Look on us. Do you remember who said that in Scripture? It was Simon Peter walking along with John toward the gate beautiful at the temple. Simon Peter, in between two powerful chapters of the Bible, Acts, the second chapter, where the church was born with the moving of the Spirit and 3,000 added to the church. Then Acts 4, the church filled again and the place shaken and 5,000 were added to the church. How could that be? Because of what happened in the chapter in between, Acts 3. When Simon Peter encountered a beggar at the gate of the temple, the man asked Peter and John for money, and Simon Peter said, Look on us. He went on to tell him they didn't have silver and gold, but what they had was an experience, a divine encounter, and that was enough for them to change the situation. The lame man was healed. So powerful was that miracle in the following chapter, we see 5,000 people came into the church. Our ears should perk up at that because one spirit-filled child of God can make a huge difference, can turn a city upside down, can change lives, can turn a world upside down. You may be one miracle from a revival. One prayer meeting from a great awakening. This week, we are speaking here on Daily Devotion about serving God with all of our heart. And I believe there should be that facet in our serving God. Look on us. We should have the assurance and the confidence that God is with us and working through us. What gave Simon Peter that confidence? A few weeks prior, he had denied even knowing the Lord in the darkness over the enemy's fire. And now he stands before a crowd of people going to pray at the temple and says, Jesus can do this. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Look on us. Simon Peter had failed God, but Jesus met him at Galilee. And something happened. It may take a circuitous route, but greatness lies within your grasp reach for it. But pastor, what about my weakness? What about my pain? What about my idiosyncrasies, my hangups, my flaws? What obstacle can keep God from working in a person's life? What barrier? I love this old saying, cripple a man and you have a Sir Walter Scott. Lock him in a prison cell and you may have a John Bunyan. Bury him in the snows of Valley Forge, and you have a George Washington. Raise him in abject poverty, and you have an Abraham Lincoln. Subject him to bitter religious prejudice, and you may have a Benjamin Disraeli. Strike him down with infantile paralysis, and there's a FDR in the making. Burn him so severely in a schoolhouse fire that the doctors say he will never walk again. And you may have a Glenn Cunningham who set a world record in running the mile. Deafen a genius composer. And there's a Ludwig von Beethoven there. 
have him or her born black in a society filled with racial discrimination, and you have a Booker T. Washington, a Harriet Tubman, a Marion Anderson, or a George Washington Carver. Make him the first child to survive in a poor Italian family of 18 children. You have an Enrico Caruso. Have him born of parents who survived a Nazi concentration camp. Paralyze him from the waist down when he's four, and you may have an incomparable concert violinist, Yitzhak Perlman. Call him a slow learner, mentally handicapped, write him off as uneducatable, and you have an Albert Einstein. James Hewitt gives us that. What gave Simon Peter the power that day? First was an encounter with the divine at Galilee, and then the upper room. And the chief apostle was filled with the spirit and with boldness. We should never get too far away from where we got into this thing. There's a street in London. It's called Pudding Lane. It may mean nothing to you and me. Indeed, you can go to London today and walk through Pudding Lane and not think twice about it. But in 1666, a fire started in a bakery there. 80% of the structures of London were destroyed. A tall monument now stands nearby. Its height is the exact distance to where the fire started on Pudding Lane. And I find that significant. Its height is the same distance. Our measure, how high we can go, how high we can reach and become, is only limited to how far we are from our original fire. How far are you from the cloven tongues as a fire that sat on each of them in the upper room? How far are you from the outpouring of the Spirit? I'm glad you can remember the date, but do you remember the fire? Do you still see the change in your life that only the Spirit can bring? Simon Peter was not far from his failure, but he was closer to the fire than his failure. The second thing is he was in company. He and John were together. They were prayer partners, if you will. They were in company to a prayer meeting where two or three are gathered. Simon Peter knew that Jesus would be there. He had promised he would. How do we think we can make it without such prayer and binding together with others and praying? Jesus prayed and fasted 40 days and nights. He frequently rose early to pray. He prayed. The ministry of the first church apostles was born in prayer, nurtured in prayer, preserved by prayer, and directed by extraordinary seasons of prayer. Prayer is not what we do until we find something else to do. Prayer is our privilege, our delight. And it's our responsibility. It's not the means to an end, but the end itself. E.M. Bounds once wrote, Prayer cannot be retired as a secondary force in this world. To do so is to retire God from the movement. It's to make God secondary. The prayer ministry is an all-engaging force. It must be so to be a force at all. The estimate and place of prayer is the estimate and place of God in our lives. To give prayer a secondary place is to make God secondary 
in all of life's affairs. To substitute other forces of prayer retires God and materializes the whole movement. I love this quote. Nothing of eternal significance ever happens apart from prayer. I'm not an early riser by habit, but of choice, because I have found in those early hours of the morning, God talks to me. I woke up one morning recently. I was weary when I awakened. A fleeting thought went through my mind. Why am I doing this? And I sensed the Holy Spirit whisper to me, why are you doing this? Because I am worthy. And it was that morning in prayer that something unusual happened. I saw God give me a vision, a simple word picture, and a few words that explained so much to me came to me. And later that day, God reinforced the very same thing in a dramatic way. I can't explain it. It's when we pray that we unlock God's power and God's revelation in our lives. The prophet Zechariah reminds us of the supernatural nature of God's plan for his people. When he writes these pivotal words, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. What about when King Hezekiah faced the enemy and God assured him it'll be all right? He told the people, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army that's with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us fight our battles. The 33rd Psalm carries the same theme forward. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Isn't that beautiful? The 20th Psalm says some will trust in chariots, some will trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And again, in the 44th Psalm, we're told it's not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them the victory. But Lord, it was your right hand, your arm, I love this expression, and the light of your face, for you love them. You let your face shine upon them. That's why Paul said God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. But notice he links it to the power that is working within us. The glory that is in every child of God connected to our prayers. The power working in us. So back in Acts 4, when Jerusalem's upper echelon looked at Peter and John, The Bible says they perceived that they had been with Jesus. The only way for the miraculous to happen, they had been with Jesus. Look on us. 
I read a story years ago about the life of David Brainerd, that missionary in the 1700 to the First Nation people of America. Even though he died of tuberculosis at the age of 29, his impact was indeed supernatural, often because of his excruciating pain and weakness. He would fall from his horse while riding to the next mission outpost. F.W. Borum tells the story of Brainerd's first trip to a tribe in Delaware. Brainerd was praying the night before asking God to help him on the morrow. He didn't know that that tribe had gathered around his tent, and they were watching him curiously as he prayed. And as they watched, a large rattlesnake slithered up to Brainerd. The snake raised its head and was nearly face to face with the preacher, but Brainerd's eyes were closed and he kept praying. Then without any apparent reason, the snake glided away into the brush. The tribe said, the great spirit is with this man, and he was welcomed as a prophet of God. Daily Devotion family, I'm weary of clever. I'm weary of trying to think our way through things. We must pray our way through this. That's the power that's working on the inside of us. And only when that power is present can we stand against insurmountable foes and needs and say with confidence, look on us. What we have received in the darkness, we will speak openly in the light. We have a relationship with God. That's the power of our prayers. I believe this world is looking to the church and every child of God and saying, do you have the answer for what I need? Look on us. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.